Greetings to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the Sunday School lesson for May 29th, 2022, and that's the seventh Sunday of Easter, so Pentecost is nearly here. And today we're looking at the story of Elijah's ascent into heaven from 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 15. Now, Elijah is a great prophet in the Bible during the time of the kings. He is the foremost prophet of his time. Um, all the other prophets who are around defer to him. And so uh, we have some fantastic stories about what Elijah does in First and Second Kings. The interesting thing about Elijah, though, is that he's a prophet of action. We really have no extended sermons by him, no long proclamations. We certainly don't have a book of Elijah in the Old Testament. Elijah is known for the works that he does. And in the works that he does, Elijah is a type of Christ. So in 1 Kings chapter 17, Elijah is sent to the Gentile town of Zarephath. In fact, Jesus will talk about this in Luke chapter uh, 2 verse I'm sorry Luke chapter 4 verse 26 and there during a famine Elijah stays with a widow and her son and we've covered these stories actually in our Sunday school series here um, they the widow and her son have no food so Elijah performs a miracle so that the flour and the oil don't run out and they have miraculous bread as long as the famine and the drought last and during that time, the, the widow's son dies, and Elijah brings the son back from the dead, raises the son from the dead, and that's the first resurrection recorded in Scripture. So, of course, by, by performing the miracle, providing this ongoing bread, Elijah is a type of Christ who feeds the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. Uh, by raising the widow's son from the dead, he's a type of Christ who raises Oh, Lazarus from the dead, as well as the daughter of Jairus and the son of the widow at Nain, uh, etc. So we have those miracles in 1 Kings 17 that point to Christ. In 1 Kings 18, maybe the most famous story of Elijah, where he faces down the 450 prophets of Baal plus 400 prophets of Asherah, so 950 false prophets of all, and it's a contest to the death, and Elijah wins. So that story, that, that victory is in league with, with Moses and the Israelites um, crossing the Red Sea as Pharaoh and his armies are defeated by God's hand. Um, it's in the same uh, story theme as, as David defeating Goliath. And now we have Elijah winning in a duel to the death against four, uh, 950 prophets. I'm sorry, 800, 850 prophets. Can't even add right today. 850 prophets of Baal and Asherah together. And all of that, again, points to Christ, who wins this improbable victory over sin, death, and devil. And you might think, well, of course he wins because he's a son of God. But to all the eyes watching, it's, it's a miracle to see a man rise from the dead and defeat death. And so this unexpected miracle that Christ rises from the dead and in doing so defeats sin and death and devil, Elijah's victory over these false prophets points toward that. So we have Elijah 
known for his stories pointing to Christ. Uh, Before the Old Testament ends in the book of Malachi, Elijah is mentioned twice in Malachi 3 and Malachi 4 by name. In fact, the Lord declares that before the Messiah comes, Elijah will come, actually a new Elijah who prepares the way for Jesus. And that, of course, is John the Baptist. And uh, John the Baptist wears the same outfit that Elijah did. Uh, John the Baptist is known for, for wearing a, a, uh, an outfit made of camel's hair with a leather belt, and that mimics Elijah's clothing, we find out from 2 Kings chapter 1, verse 8. So there's our background. We're looking at Elijah's uh, deliverance to heaven. And uh, this is in 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 15. So let's, uh, let's get going into the text itself. Now, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. All right, so we have a bunch of names as the story gets started. First off, there is Elijah, um, or Eliyah. His name means, my God, Eli, is Yah, Yahweh. So Elijah means, my God is Yahweh. The name Elisha means, my God is salvation. Eli, my God, Shah, for salvation. So Elijah and Elisha, the names, my God is salvation. My God is Yahweh, my God is salvation, and both both of these names point to the same God, Yahweh, who saves us. Elijah and his protege, Elisha, are on their way from Gilgal, and that's not a coincidence. Gilgal is the first place where the Israelites encamped when they crossed the Jordan to the Promised Land. So they're in the wilderness for 40 years. Uh, The Lord parts the Jordan River, so they walk across in dry land, just like the Red Sea 40 years before. And when they get to the other side, after crossing the Jordan, they camp at a place called Gilgal. And there, Joshua, who is leading them, he succeeds Moses when Moses dies. Joshua has the people set up a monument of 12 stones as a testimony that the Lord has delivered them from Egypt through the wilderness, and now they're in the promised land. So at Gilgal, they celebrate the Passover for the first time in the promised land. And at Gilgal also, we find in Joshua chapter 5, the manna stops falling from heaven because now they're in the promised land. So as Elijah and Elisha move uh, on their way from Gilgal, that name reminds the reader reminds the hearer, us, um, of the Lord's faithfulness in delivering his people from captivity, from, from danger, and into the promised land. Now, on their way from Gilgal, Elijah says to Elisha, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. Now, Bethel also has a lot of meaning because that's where... That's that's where Abraham built an altar to God after God promised the land would go to his descendants. 
So this is in Genesis 12. The Lord declares to Abraham that, that the promised land is in fact his. And although Abraham will live there as a guest on his own land, as a sojourner, um, God promises that the land will go to his descendants. And that's actually fulfilled when the Israelites cross the river at Gilgal. So now we have two places as the story starts out to remind us that God promises to deliver his people, and then God delivers his people to the promised land. All right, so, so Elijah has said to Elisha, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. We go on, but Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep quiet. So Elijah is the teacher. Elisha is the Messiah. When Elijah says, Stay here, I have to go to Bethel. Elisha says, I'm going with you. And we know from kind of the chorus of the sons of the prophets here that, that they and Elijah and Elisha all know that this is a day that the Lord is going to take Elijah away. Verse 4, Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. And now we have another name associated with um, the early entrance into the promised land. Because once, uh, once the Israelites got to the promised land, what's the first major city they have to face? It's the city of Jericho. And if you remember from Joshua 2 and following, um, that's where rather than assault the city head on, they walk around the city for six days, once a day. On the seventh day, they walk around the city seven times and blow trumpets. And the walls of this great city just crumble and then they can go in and attack the city. So this, this is another victory like David and Goliath like um, the Israelites and the Egyptians, like Elijah and the prophets of Baal and Asherah, it should be a lopsided defeat of God's people. But instead, because God is faithful and delivers the enemies into their hands, they win this unlikely victory over Jericho and destroy the city. So now Elijah and Elisha are onto this place that reminds, uh, reminds all who hear of God delivering his people from their enemies. The sons of the prophets, in verse 5, who were at Jericho, drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he answered, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Hey, one more thing before we move on. Um, if, if we keep on following Elijah and Elisha's route, and if Elijah doesn't uh, ascend into heaven in a whirlwind before, before the story ends, if they keep going in, in a straight line and cross the Jordan, they get to Mount Nebo. Um, Mount Nebo is, is where Moses sees the promised land and then dies. Um, I just mentioned that because here we have the Jordan then kind of um, guarded on either side by Jericho and Mount Nebo. 
Um, Elijah is at one, Moses has died at the other, and it's Moses and Elijah who are together with Jesus at the transfiguration as Jesus prepares for his exodus, his departure in order to defeat sin, death, and devil. All right, then on to verse 6. Then Elijah said to him, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. So now we have this fourth name associated with the arrival at the promised land. Now we have the Jordan River where that the Israelites crossed when they entered the promised land to Gilgal and defeated Jericho. So throughout this story with these names, the Lord is reminding them of his faithfulness and of deliverance. And now Elijah is about to be delivered to the ultimate promised land to heaven. All right, verse 7, 50 men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water, and the water was parted to the one side and to the other till the two of them could go over on dry ground. So here we have a, uh, a miracle in common with Moses. With Moses, God parts the Red Sea. With Elijah, God parts the Jordan. Um, And perhaps it also ties them together as they are on the mountain of transfiguration. But now Elijah, by crossing the Jordan, is leaving the the, the promised land of Canaan, at least on the western side of the Jordan. He he is departing to the other side. And we read in verse 9, when they had crossed... Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, you have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. So this is kind of the, the, the mysterious portion of, of their conversation. Elijah says, what shall I do for you? Ask and I'll, before I'm taken from you. And Elisha asks for a double portion of Elijah's spirit. Now, does that mean that, that Elisha will be, will be uh, twice as powerful as Elijah or that he, he, he wants to be twice the man that Elijah is? There's really none of that in there. It's just that Elisha knows that he is taking over Elijah's task as being kind of the lead prophet in a hostile kingdom. And so whatever lies ahead, Elisha wants to be well prepared with with double the portion of of spirit. Uh, he He wants God's help. Now, this exchange is also pointing to... Jesus and his disciples. Before Jesus is crucified in John chapter 14, he declares to the disciples, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, 
and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. So Jesus says that the disciples will do greater works than he does, which is kind of mind-boggling. Does that mean that that where Jesus defeats death, the disciples will do one better? And it's 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 not it's not a matter of of, of greatness that way. The matter of greatness is um location, proximity. The disciples will take um, his word and his gospel to all nations. But, but Jesus declares that they will do greater things than he in John 14. And then in John 15, he promises the Holy Spirit to them. And that spirit, of course, is given in John 20 when Jesus rises from the dead. And also in Acts chapter 2, especially at the time of Pentecost. And so our text here points to that as Elisha asks for a double portion of Elijah's spirit to continue the work of his teacher. And Elijah promises it to him with this little caveat that he must see Elijah's departure. And I suppose, I suppose if we wanted, we could say that the disciples would not have gotten the Lord's spirit if they had not believe that he was risen from the dead, and here Elisha does not receive double portion of Elijah's spirit unless he sees Elijah's departure. At any rate, moving on to verse 11, and as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen, and he saw him no more. Now, I remember some fantastic pictures in Sunday school lessons when I was growing up of of Elijah in this chariot of fire being led by these fiery horses into heaven, and that's not quite what the text says. The text says that the chariots and the horses of fire separate the two of them, so Elijah and Elisha are are set apart from each other. But Elijah doesn't ride the chariot into heaven. He's taken up into heaven by, by a whirlwind instead. Now, when Elisha sees this, he cries out, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. Now, Elisha here is doing more than pointing out the obvious. There's a fiery chariot with fiery horses there. He's actually calling Elijah, his father in the faith, he's actually calling Elijah the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. In 2 Kings 13, Joash the king will give the same title to Elisha. So Elijah and Elisha are both called the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And the point of the title is that uh, because of God's kindness and protection, Israel is ultimately not protected by chariots and swords and horses and other instruments of war, but Israel is protected by the Lord. And Israel is thus protected by the Lord through the Lord's word that the prophets proclaim. So as Elisha calls Elijah the chariots of Israel, the fiery horses and the fiery chariot, those are kind of um, God's acknowledgement that Elijah has fulfilled his office faithfully. So now check this out. Elijah 
ascends into heaven, Elisha receives a double portion of his spirit because he sees it happen, and this is marked by, by a whirlwind, and it's marked by fiery horses and chariots. All of this points to Pentecost, where we have Jesus has just ascended into heaven, the apostles receive the Holy Spirit, and this occasion is marked by not a whirlwind, but a loud rushing wind, not fiery chariot and horses, but tongues of fire on their heads. Then we read, at the end of verse 12, he, Elisha, took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. That's normally a sign of mourning, so uh, he's, he's, uh, he's saying goodbye to his mentor, his, his teacher, his rabbi. And then we read in verse 13, And he took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water, saying, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, the water was parted to the one side and to the other, and Elisha went over. So when Elisha says, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? It's not doubt. It's a proclamation of faith. Where is he? He's here. He smacks the water and it parts to demonstrate that God is at work now with Elisha. So he puts on the mantle to say, I'm, I'm, I'm taking up what Elijah was doing. And he starts to perform miracles right away as God's representative. And again, this points to the apostles at Pentecost because they are sent as, as Christ's apostles, as his heralds, and they are able to perform miracles in his name. Verse 15, Now when the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho saw him opposite them, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. So as he parts the water, the Lord verifies that Elisha has taken Elijah's place, his office. And when he rejoins the sons of the prophets, the prophets acknowledge the same thing. All right, so in this text, we've already mentioned quite a few uh, types of Christ here. We had uh, the, the preliminaries with Elijah pointing to Christ by by feeding the widow and her son miraculously, by raising the widow's son from the dead, by facing down the 450 prophets, the 400 prophets of Asherah. And now he leads his disciple uh, from place to place to remind us of God's faithfulness to his people. He promises the promised land. He delivers them to the promised land. He defeats their enemies and gives it to them. Um, all of that is to remind us that in Christ we are delivered into the promised land of heaven, um, as, as he has told us it will be. Elijah leads his, his disciple Elisha until he ascends into heaven. As Christ ascends into heaven, and he, as Elijah ascends into heaven, Elisha receives the Spirit um, announced by a whirlwind and, and fire, or fiery horses anyways, and then Elisha continues what Elijah did, and this points to Pentecost 
and the apostles continuing on the work that Christ has given them to do. So as we draw close to the the, uh, celebration of Pentecost next Sunday, we we see here God foreshadowing that already with the news that he is faithful, that he continues his work among those he, he sets aside to proclaim his word and minister his sacraments. And that he promises to you that he, uh, he will go with you through this wilderness and he will deliver you to the promised land of heaven too. So that's a quick look at 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 15. The Lord bless your meditations upon it and the Lord grant you his blessing if you're teaching this to others. And until we speak again, the Lord order your days and your deeds in his peace. Goodbye.